You're listening to season three of the Achieve With Me podcast. I am your host, Rachel Gilfrin, and I'll be spending the next few minutes chatting to you about what achieving, winning, and success mean to you. As a confidence and career coach, I am a huge believer that success is strongly linked to having a positive mindset. My mission is to empower ambitious women like you to gain the confidence to smash your goals and keep progressing in your career. In this series, I will be sharing some really valuable tips and techniques to help you get ahead in your career. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hello, my ambitious ladies, and welcome back to another episode of the Achieve With Me podcast. Now, today I have got an absolute treat for you. We've got a fantastic interview episode ahead of us on a topic that, to be honest, I've wanted to cover for a while, and I felt a little bit held back about speaking about this topic, and it's all to do with manifestation. So I'm going to talk you through all different types of manifestation. I've got a fantastic guest ready to speak about her personal experiences with this, and it's all about how we can use manifestation to contribute towards a positive effect within our careers. So lots of exciting stuff to talk about today. So today I have a wonderful guest called Rosanna. Rosanna has recently landed her dream job in big tech after nearly a decade of consulting for a top tier engineering design firm. Rosanna lives in the Princeton area in New Jersey with her husband, six month old son and two dogs. Girl after my own heart there with doggies. <laughs> she considers herself a creative and an entrepreneurial spirit who loves visioning, strategy, and building compassionate and people-centric work environments that help everybody to thrive. She is an optimistic Sagittarius, empath, and if you are familiar with human design, a generator. Rosanna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Rachel. I'm so glad to be talking with you today. I'm so glad that you're here as well, and I know that it's first thing in the morning for you, so I'm very, very grateful that you've given your time today, so thank you very much. Now, for the benefit of the listeners, Rosanna and I actually connected through um, an online course that we both enrolled in together. Now, this was actually a community um, for what we call the Manifestation Babe Academy, and Rosanna and I connected through this because we both had passions for sort of pursuing our dreams and looking at ways that we can begin to consciously manifest the things that we want in our lives and there was definitely that kind of understanding and belief system there initially to trigger us to want to learn more about this area so you're probably thinking what even is manifestation you may never have heard of it or you may have heard of it and thought that it was something completely different. So I'm going to cover off my understanding um, of what manifestation is, and then perhaps you can as well, Rosanna, and we'll see if we can kind of fill in any blanks, if that's okay. Sure. Wonderful. So for me, manifestation, I mean, it means to make real, really. So it's the concept that our internal thoughts and feelings create our external world and the energy that we emit to the rest of the world is what creates our reality and a lot of people kind of 
have an association between manifestation and sort of positive thinking because obviously the more positive we think then you know hopefully we'll begin to see those positive situations manifest into our realities um so that's a very very brief introduction would you add anything to that rosanna just say, you know, for me, it was kind of an empowering realization and a recognition that I'm creating my life and outcomes, and that's for better or worse. So often it's associated, like you said, with that positive mindset, positive thinking. But for me, it's seeing all of it across the spectrum, that what I'm embodying will really ultimately exist in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, that's so true. Because I think sometimes we don't think about when we are having maybe a bad day and things can begin to happen and that snowball effect can happen. We kind of get ourselves into a bit of a bad place. Of course, you know, the energy that we're putting out is manifesting more and more things that are going to keep us in that dark place. So it's so important to be mindful of that. Um, We're talking about careers too. you know, if we're conditioned by any kind of societal norm or corporate norm or whatever it might be to think that something is very hard or not possible or only achievable by following a very strict protocol or path, that would manifest for you, right? Yeah. And so the ownership of how I believe in just even the smallest things or the biggest things and understanding that it may just be a belief, right? And why do I feel like that? And what is teaching me that? And is that really true? I think so much of that course that you had mentioned was where I really learned to kind of fine tune and to really explore, you know, to make it really work for me, right? And not just this like woo woo, like let's be positive all the time. And just, you know, great gratitude isn't to me woo woo. It's really important, but I think it gets sometimes misconstrued for this toxic positivity. And I think that's totally apart from where we want to be, right? It's that, for me, it's that ownership of, you know, and, and maybe I was given a belief, right? But how do I undo it? Because I know that what I'm thinking and my frequency, like you said, is kind of tuning into what's going to happen. So how do I work that to my advantage and get on like a road that I want to see for myself? Yeah, I absolutely love that. And, you know, I love what you you said when you kind of brought it back to the corporate world, because you're right, if we're always conditioned to believe something's a certain way, and then we take on that belief as our own, hello, that's what's going to manifest, because, you know, that's what we're seeing. And that is backwards. It's backwards to the way that we believe things are true. We believe things are true, therefore they are, but actually, we, we make them true. And you know, I talk quite a lot if, um, in the corporate work that I do about um, hand-me-down beliefs, which, um, you know, for the benefit of the listeners, is very much where, you know, you've always been conditioned to believe something from a very early age, usually from your parents um, or a primary caregiver or, you know, even a teacher. Um, and because you take that belief through life, you never question that that is actually correct because it's always been told to you. So, of course... Because you have that belief system there, that will always be the case. And I think that when we look at this kind of corporate structure and we get given introductions and, and, and rules when we begin to say that this is the way things are, that's how it ends up being for us. And I love that you've begun to challenge that and you've really looked at things to say, 
okay, well, let's say that I reject that narrative and I want things to be this way. How do I begin to carve the path for myself so that things are the way that I want them to be? Um, And I'm using my strengths and values to, to continue to carve that path forward. Yeah, so it's hard, right? I think when I started, there was it just felt so uphill all of the time. And sometimes I don't even know how I did it, except that when I decided that a value wasn't working for me, you know what, I just didn't participate in it, actually. Mm. I think it's even before I entered the corporate world, something that always bothered me in high school athletics on varsity sports was the hazing of um, new and young players. I saw it in my soccer program. I didn't like it day one and didn't do it. I just didn't. I, I would just refuse to be a part of that kind of energy. And I didn't really realize what I was doing at the time. I was just like, I think this is ugly. I didn't like it when it happened to me. I'm not going to perpetuate it. Yeah. Um, when I went to architecture school, how professors often treat everyone, right? This kind of really aggressive, I don't know if you've ever seen a show. Sometimes they feature studio projects on like reality shows and it's insane. Like it's really intense and it's because they went through a really kind of interrogative, intense program, you know, and they felt like it made them what they are and then they're going to pass it down. And I think even in corporate worlds, right, you start out and you have to put in the grunt work, you have to do this, you know, it's kind of, you have to put people through the ringer and not necessarily empower them. Yeah. And so I think for me, I never liked any of that. And I just didn't want to be a part of that. And I think, you know, if you're not enthusiastic or diving into that, I think you can kind of maybe create some of your own space through that because then that's about setting boundaries. Right. And then I think for me, when I look back on, you know, how do I, it's the intentions, right? Every intention, a lot of the intentions I've set for myself have ultimately manifested. So I think, you know, probably even more than not participating in a culture or energy that I didn't like, right? Even though sometimes you don't have a choice, right? You're kind of involved. Was the intention that, A, I don't like this for myself, you know, and I want to step away from it. But more than that, I want this instead. Um, You know, and some of the things that I said, you know, I want to achieve, whether it was, you know, before the pandemic, I had a um, remote and in office combination, right? This hybrid that seems to be the model everyone is leaning towards now in, <laughs> in corporate America. And I wanted that years before because I said, this commute is too much. And I like the balance of being a little bit alone some days to focus. And I just did it one day, right? And I just started and people kind of looked at me like a little funny, but they're like, then they just accepted it. And then, you know, and so I, it wasn't that I was like, I, I don't like this, right? I also said, I do want this for myself. And I'm going, and then somehow it just, I think when your thoughts are so focused on what you want, you just subconsciously make decisions and actions and say things that almost kind of tilt all the world in your favor that way, right? Even if it's in this smaller or like organization, like your team or your office, and it's against those norms, you kind of start to a bit by bit normalize it for yourself until one day you realize, oh, like I'm splitting my weeks, right? I'm not in the office every day I'm I'm also at home now and now my team thinks that's normal for me (laughs) you know maybe (laughs) I can't believe that you just kind of thought you know this would work better for me I'm just gonna do that I mean it's bold 
But do you know what? If we look at what happened after that, it was accepted. And so often, we just don't do things because we think, you can't do that, that's not the way of things. Especially, I have to say, especially here in the UK, because we are very much very sticklers for the rules. And, you know, I think sometimes it would seem absolutely crazy to look at changing the way things have been done without any particular reason except from what I want to and so I love that you did that and so what I've taken from from what you just described was that really everything started for you with a decision a decision to not dis not sort of subscribe to the narratives that you were seeing that didn't feel good to you and not participating in any particular values that you saw that again just didn't feel good didn't didn't feel fair to you um, and almost kind of making the decision to create your own values and living those values regardless of whether they were sort of reciprocated by the people around you is that fair to say that's a perfect way to say it probably better than I could ever <laughs> wonderful okay so I'm glad we're on the same page and you know for the benefit of the audience the reason that Rosanna is on this podcast today apart from the fact that she's a wonderful human being and our paths have crossed a couple of times the reason that um, she's kindly agreed to be on this podcast today is because she has achieved some phenomenal results from basically actively being conscious to the manifestation process and really looking at being decisive and moving forward towards the goals that, that she's been keen to achieve. And personally, I've been extremely inspired by that as well. So um, I guess I'd love to start, Rosanna, by asking you how, obviously you said that, you know, you began with the decision to, to, to kind of look at your thoughts, feelings and values and, and go in that direction. But did you know at that point when you made those decisions that you were beginning consciously manifesting or was this kind of a separate journey for you? Totally separate. I don't think I had any idea. You know, I was doing, you know, and it's just even in this conversation, I look back at like high school and college, and I was like, you know, when I don't like this, I want something different for myself in terms of the culture. Um, you know, at some point I came across the secret and that was when I was feeling incredibly, incredibly stuck in my very early days um, as a uh, practicing architect or a junior architect, which I hadn't become licensed yet. Um, you know, my friend was like, oh, you should watch this documentary. Just take a mental health day, Rosanna. You deserve it. And watch this thing. And I loved it. I didn't totally understand it. But I was like, you know what, it's, it was almost like permission to just even think more consciously bigger, right? Because I think what I was responding to often was, I don't like this or I like this, but as soon as I was given an option. Um, and maybe that's the generator in me, right? That's kind of yes, no, like my instinct when I see it. Um, but that was like, well, what do you really want? And it was hard for me. Like I would start each day having to practice and waking up. Things are not easy at that time. What do I actually want to do instead of what I should be doing? Mm. Um, you know, and I think, and I still didn't realize that that was manifestation, right? Or that I was reshaping my thoughts to reshape my reality. It was more of becoming in tune with me. Um, but 
that visioning alone was actually quite powerful because if I, I wish I had seen those early vision boards for myself when I would just have fun and just think. Um, because, you know, when I look back, I know that, you know, if they were on a list, they would all be checked off. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until I joined, and this was like two, three years ago, that I've had such an acceleration. Um, it's because when I became conscious of what I was doing, what it forced me to do, and this is through the MBA program, the Manifestation Babe Academy, not like, you know, an executive program <laughs> for business. Um, you know, and it wasn't until that that I realized not just me deciding what I want, but retooling and retuning the, like what we just talked about earlier in this podcast, which is the, the limiting beliefs and diving deep and getting kind of into the weeds about why I think the way I think and how those would be preventing, how I would be, you know, unwittingly create, like creating those barriers or kind of slowing down the manifestation process because I want something, but maybe I think it's really hard or it's yes. 20 years off or it's not possible for someone like me or I've had a rough start. It's going to just keep being rough, you know? Um, so I think I would say, you know, and I kind of loved the dreaming aspect of it. I didn't do the inner work until a couple years ago. And I think it was when I started the inner work that I became truly conscientious of it. Um, and I think that's when things just started you know really coming to life for me um mm -hmm. and and the big changes have really occurred wow so i i think that so many people get started with manifestation through either reading or watching the secret because yeah, i'm exactly the same <laughs> like i i think i was about it was about 22 i'd just been through a breakup and um you know my auntie she was like let's watch this film Rach you know it's the secret and I thought oh, I don't really know what this is about but ever since I found out about that I've begun to well, first first of all might sound a bit sort of corny to say but when I first found out about it I just felt so grateful because I thought there's hope like this is some I've never been religious but this for me was something that I could almost cling on to and believe in and having that hope and faith system really helped me to kind of think there is a possibility for me to do other things and you you talked earlier about thinking big that is exactly something that I just wouldn't dream of doing thinking big for me was like it, it was it was pure survival, it was pure existence, rather than, you know, actually thinking about, you know, I could move forward, I could actually have real impact in the world, or, you know, I could um, achieve financial freedom, all these things that, that would seem big to me today, it just wouldn't have even crossed my mind, and so I think The Secret has definitely, it's been described as um, like a gateway drug into <laughs> spirituality and, um, and personal development, I suppose, for a lot of people. Um, but so it sounds like what you're saying is that once you watch The Secret, you began to understand, actually, this is what's happened previously. Now I'm going to sort of consciously try this manifestation thing. But one of the things that you said was you referred to the inner work. Um, and I think that this is important to bring up because 
what can sometimes happen when people are kind of getting into this and, and beginning to recognise things happening as a result of their thoughts and feelings is they begin to try to consciously manifest. So they begin to sort of monitor their thoughts and feelings a little bit more to try and sway them more towards what they want rather than what they don't want to happen. Um, but then because the inner work hasn't been done, what we're talking about here is getting rid of those limiting beliefs. They keep creeping in and blocking anything from actually materialising. So these limiting beliefs, let's say, I always use this example in my programme, let's say you there was a, a big job come up at work that you really wanted to apply for and the part of you that was wanting to consciously manifest um, and bring this about was saying, yeah, I should definitely go for that. That's something that I want to do. Imagine if this happened, imagine if that happened. But then the limiting beliefs come in right when you're beginning to consider a true change, a true step towards this new thing. Limiting beliefs come in and say, you're not good enough to get that job. Are you kidding? They'll laugh you out the building if you apply. There's so many other people that are much better than you for this job. You shouldn't go anywhere near it. And this voice is just on a loop in your mind, stopping you from taking that action towards it. So when we talk about um, making things real and your internal thoughts and feelings controlling what happens in the external, i.e., you know, life, work, the challenge that we can sometimes have is that the limiting beliefs take over and block that process from happening. So doing the inner work, as you described, um, very much sort of consists of understanding what your repetitive limiting beliefs are and proving them wrong, basically. It's, it's proving everything wrong that has blocked you from moving forward to something. So if, if let's say, one of those limiting beliefs I mentioned was, you know, you're not good enough to go for that job. When we talk about the inner work, what we're talking about is we're sitting down and we're, we're saying, okay, why aren't I good enough? And making a list of these apparent reasons why. You know, why would somebody better than me? Have I actually got all the facts here? What can I do to look at this differently? So it's really sitting and dissecting all of those different beliefs that we have and making sure that, we can clear all of that so that we have this open path towards going towards what we want to do. So I'm really glad that you mentioned the inner work because I think that that is such an important element in the process. And it creeps up and it's not a one and done. No. (laughs) (laughs) You clear one level and then just when something you want the most comes up, it's all there. Right. For me, it's like a wanting to control the narrative and afraid of looking silly if I go for it and fail. Um, And then all the things that you said before, you know, imposter syndrome is kind of real. And but, you know, and then losing the comfort of what I've created for myself, especially when I did this recent really big transition. Um, I knew I needed a change, but it was such a good experience I had, you know, things that weren't working I always told myself is it really that bad you know but I had eventually had to be honest with myself and then when that position came up and for me to reach out and like raise my hand and say I would love to talk to you about this just felt like the biggest scariest step in the whole world um which is so silly for me to think about because of the relationships I had built around it you know everything I had such a support network for it and I almost just didn't see it 
you know, because, and so this is me like years into retuning how I feel and approach things. But, you know, when you're ready to take aligned action, it's not always, oh, it feels beautiful and I'm just, it's going to, I'm ready for it. It's going, you know, I'm going to be able to meet the moment perfectly. Mm. It's, you know, there's still like fear and things associated with it. But I think what happens is then you recognize, oh, it's like you again, right? That we're here together. Like we're like a little bit of sphere, a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of hope. We can all kind of exist together more peacefully because I'm going to re- I'm going to work on changing my perception of the situation because it's not necessarily reality. Yes, a hundred percent. So we've kind of just touched on this huge manifestation and this huge change that you've just gone through in your life. So I would love if we could talk about this a little bit more. Would you mind um, sharing exactly what you were doing when you were working in the consulting area of your role, Rosanna, and then what kind of goals and desires that you had towards the end of that time? Yeah, so you can let me know how much, how in specifics you want to go into. Um, I have had a very winding path. So I'm actually a licensed architect and a licensed planner. And I was in school and I was doing architecture. Many people said, well, planning won't really be for you. No one really does that. Then I ended up being able to do it anyways. And so I showed up at this one job um, out of grad school for planning. Um, So I finished my undergrad in architecture and also master's at that time in related in planning. And then Mm -hmm. did another planning degree and showed up at this job without having done planning before. And it was, that was a dream job at the time. Um, this company is just as globally known, especially in structural engineering. You know, and it was, it just felt so magical for me. And then they took a look at me and they looked at my background. And they're like, we think you're going to be this. Which at the time was an urban planner, a very generalist position. Um, you know, and we think you're going to help kind of grow this little aspect. But I actually didn't want to, right? I was like, you know what? My master's started to pivot me in a different way. I want to do which was transportation and transportation infrastructure. I wanted to do the big stuff, right? The big projects. And so it was me just, you know, the combination of being a grad at the company and just learning as much as I can and helping out the team as much as I can. And then the second that I started to see stuff I liked, just raising my hand and saying, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, I'm interested, you know, and not that I wore anybody down, but I think they just heard it enough from me that it just started to, they're like, okay, like, you can do some of this, and then um, one of my uh, supervisors left, and it felt wide open at that point, right, because I can kind of go anywhere, and I decided, you know, I want this person to be my supervisor, I'm going to work on these projects, and at that point, those projects allowed me to discover an even more niche area. I figured, and we didn't have this capability in our office. We didn't have a team around this particular capability. Um, you know, and I'm still a junior staff at the time. But mm-hmm. I say, I think we really should focus on this. I really want to do this. I put it on my vision board. You know, at the time it was logistics. I put a giant picture of a, a marine port terminal, um, you know, in my state of New Jersey. You know, and I just, I didn't know what it would look like or how. I was just like, we're going to, this is just what I want to do. And slowly and surely the projects just came piling in, including a marine terminal master plan. And it's just some stuff that I found so interesting that people just did not think I would ever want to do. And they just started to come. 
you know, I convinced other people to kind of come and join with me, you know, and then one day I felt like we have so much, we were generating so much work, but almost discreetly, like under the radar, we have been given, um, you know, a private sector client to do their commercial properties, operations, planning, and this work just kept building and building and building. And I was just doing things, right? No permission. I didn't ask. I was just going. <laughs> um, and I decided we should have a team around this, and I want to be in, I want to be the head of this team, right? And, you know, thankfully, like, there are a lot of other women along the way that just say, you know what, just do it, right? Just keep going. And so I just kept, now I realized I was just embodying what I wanted, right? I wanted to be team lead, and I wanted to have a team. So I pulled people called us this New York logistics team and I said, you know, this is who we are and this is what we're doing and this is my role in this whole thing. Here's yours. You know, and then here are all the projects that we're doing. And then it just, then everyone else started calling us like this, you know, the New York logistics team, the East Coast logistics team. And it just became real. And I was in charge of a massive portfolio, really significant clients, um, a lot of staff. We had grown from just two of us to maybe six, seven at the time of my departure. Wow. You know, and I feel like I had just kind of bootstrapped this whole thing, like did a startup within my own company, which, <laughs> um, you know, you mentioned kind of British culture. It's a British company <laughs> that tends to do things like a certain way, right? Yes. Everything is a very linear, um, crafted, structured thing. And I just, I don't know. It just, I did it and it happened. Um, you know, and it was one of my clients that I had been working with for a long time. I had said, I love them. I love their culture. I would love to work with them one day, but they just didn't do what I did. Right? Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what I would do if I went over there. Um, and then I, I got pregnant. I was on maternity leave and I think because of the work we had been doing with them and some of the other work, they had started to connect the dots internally and said, we actually need someone to do this and to own this kind of program, to own this kind of responsibility and and activities within our organization. And that was when, you know, I just saw them. One of my friends on my team was just, Rosanna, go look at your email. You know, they said, oh, we're going to, hire someone and just an FYI, they'll join all of us together, right? Because we were very much a collaborative um, group, us as a consultant and them as the client. And that was when I was like, you know, I couldn't imagine leaving behind everything I had built. That was the scariest thing in the world. Yeah. You know, I was so close to my team. I had so much support from, you know, our senior leadership. I was like, I will regret it forever you know, if I don't put my hand up. Yeah, so just just to recap my understanding here. So you were doing really well, you built a team, and one of the things that I want to call out is what we talk about so much is being intentional towards manifestation. And one of the things that you said, Rosanna, sorry if you can hear my doggy barking, everybody. One of the things that you said was, I decided there should be a team and I wanted to be the head of it. And that is such decisive and bold language. So you decided what you wanted and you went ahead and created it. And I think that that's so important when we are looking at, you know, these goals. Firstly, if you don't have a goal, how on earth is it going to manifest itself in reality? So being really intentional about what you want. So you created this team. And then as part of that, one of your largest clients 
you began working very closely with them and you sort of thought to yourself, oh, well, I'd love to work for them one day, but I just don't know what they would do because, you know, they don't, they don't do my role. And then all of a sudden, am I right in thinking they're coming to you and saying to you, oh, by the way, we're going to start doing this. Are you interested? Is that right? Not almost, not quite. Okay. They were more clearing it just as an FYI, right? They're, they have a very respectful relationship between the group. So, you know, I don't think they were even thinking that I would be interested, actually. I surprised them, <laughs> um, I think in a good way, right? You know, because I, I think they saw me as the lead and, you know, the person over there overseeing this practice. Um you know, and I think for anyone, that's a big thing to change and to leave, right? And yeah. I would be going over with no team, right, as a person of one for now, um, within a, a bigger team again. So almost like kind of, not backwards, but starting fresh in a very different way. Um, so it was me that reached out to them. And I said, you know, I, I would love to talk to you about this. And if you're not interested, it's totally cool. You know, I have this beautiful thing to go back to and continue this wonderful relationship that we've had. And there's just no, you know, worries. There's no, nothing, anything attached to it. And then it just, to my delight, they were so supportive. And, you know, from that point on, the conversations were just like really nice. Just, they've always been so warm and welcoming um, and so supportive to me. And so... You know, it was, yeah, it was scary because, and, you know, it almost would have been easier if they were like, Rosanna, would you want to? <laughs> because then that would have given me extra comfort, right? Yes, of course. But I had to really put, I felt like I was putting myself out there to be recognized, to be seen, because I think it just wasn't on their radar. Um, and so that, you know, that was so scary. And even, you know, when you, summed up how I just made this intention and decision to create this team you know I was like was I that intentional and I guess I was but you know in many ways I kind of tiptoed through it right because I just I don't know I didn't know if it was going to be accepted I didn't I had no idea how people were going to react Mm. right and so I think internally I really felt that way but then I think when it came to the perception and working with other people. It was scary at the time. Um, So I don't ever want to think, like, you know, I just kind of, like, I marched through things because it's not always like that, right? You don't get, like, someone... Sometimes it happens, right? There's an open door, and it's like, yes, obvious, come do this. But I think probably more often than not, it's not always that obvious. And you really kind of have to listen to your inner voice and learn to listen to what you really want, you know, as it to feel like you have the strength and the, you know, the resolve to, to go ahead and do it and that it's going to work out probably even better than you can imagine, yeah. right? Because I think even our imagination is probably somewhat limited. Oh, absolutely. And, and, I, and I love that you've kind of come back and clarified that because so often, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes when we hear success stories um, and we hear, like, the way that people took action being really bold and being, you know, apparently fearless, sometimes it can feel so unrelatable because you think, oh, great, well, how do I get there? You know, how do I get to being fearless? And actually, sometimes decisions that we make don't necessarily have to be that kind of immediate and bold. Sometimes they can start off with a little whisper in our minds and then begin to take momentum because 
what happens is once we kind of start thinking about something, hmm, that would be quite interesting, I'd quite like to do that, is that we begin to notice other opportunities and then we take inspired action off the back of that original thought and then continue down that path. So sometimes it doesn't always have to be like this huge situation that's aligned in order for everything to to kind of come together for you it can sometimes be a process that you think when you flip back on well yes I was intentional but I couldn't see it coming together until it had if that makes sense yes. so I think that that's really important to note because you know we all still have these limiting beliefs creeping in when we're making decisions but it's about having that kind of inner trust in yourself to know that whatever action you're taking will lead you to the result that you want in the end. Yeah, and there's a real, com- like, I think you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. And that's, I don't even know what that means, right? Just <laughs> accept it and live with it, right? And live with this unknown. And that's kind of cool because now I've, I'm starting to really let go of how things happen. You know, I'm just able to kind of identify like a star in the sky and say that one, right? No idea how it's going to happen. I think I'm actually more comfortable with that. I don't need to know the answers anymore. So the control freak in me at least is starting to like conceptually let it go. But then it happens in the moment, right? And yeah, I would have loved them to be like, Regina, please come do this, you know, because then it would have been, I would have felt like comfortable and I knew the outcome and, or had a better, stronger sense of the outcome. This was a brand new team in the organization, so it wasn't even the people that I had worked with every day. It was totally new, right? I was like, well, they have to like me, you know, and they have to decide. And it, so, the yeah, I wanted to know how it was going to end, and there was just no way, right? Mm-hmm. I had to live with the uncertainty and kind of the scariness of it all, um, knowing. Then I think if you really believe that the outcome will always work best in your favor, and I tend to do that. I think the right thing always comes, right? And things will settle and be really good. And I just, you know, how do you know, right? And the surprise sometimes is always, is like the fun of it. Yeah. But yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of stickiness internally sometimes, at least for me. Um, and I think that's probably like the lesson that I'm here to just keep learning over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just the stakes change each time. So you've, you've obviously manifested this fantastic opportunity as part of your career and, you know, you're now doing that, you're now living that reality. Do you have any thoughts on kind of what your next goals are, either within the guise of your career or within your wider life? Um, and are you, are you still kind of going through that conscious manifestation process to get yourself there? Yeah, so... It's so interesting because, you know, I was, I still am more or less in this very niche area of transportation, right, and mobility, which is in logistics, Um, you know, and I felt like I love it and I want to be bigger. Like, how do I get into a role that's executive track, that's more strategic, more operations focused? Um, and I think the thing about this role that really inspired me was, it says my exact title, right? So it has urban logistics in my title, but it also says program manager, comma, urban logistics. Mm. And I was like, that 
right? That is an ability to pivot and to think bigger and to do more, Mm -hmm. right? And that's, I think, where I felt like I can be a part of something so much bigger than this particular area and, and focus on the things that I'm really interested in. And I think, you know, they're allowing me to kind of work at multiple scales, right? Really kind of solve the problems for this particular area, but then also think bigger about how the organization grows globally. Um, and I am so excited about that because yeah, deep down, you know, I always wanted an MBA and so it made me laugh that I did manifestation band academy (laughs) going into another degree. Right. I was just like, Oh God, no, no more. Um, you know, but then I was like, how do I take on a more executive track in my career? And so I am comfortable that this pivot, right. Same field, but a pivot that is, I think, widening for me. Um, and I'm really excited about that. And I, I just know that I want to be some kind of executive. I don't know what that looks like or how it's going to happen. Um, you know, it's even funny for me to be able to talk about this, right? Because I think if you asked me a couple years ago, I would have been too shy. Um, and I think within, you know, my personal life or my wider life, as you said, um, I would love for my family, my husband, you know, and I specifically to have um, some businesses together. You know, I don't know that I actually want to run them. There's the creative in me that loves to just, and that entrepreneurial spirit, there's things that are seated for us that I think are really awesome and would have a lot of impact. Um, And I like like doing creative direction. So I want to be able to input and advise. And and so I think, you know, our dream is to kind of build those. And hopefully he just is able to take that on. You know, that's his day today while I'm, still figuring out where I am in the corporate world because I love the idea of, you know, like just kind of barreling through and being maybe not a cookie cutter of what was there before, because I think that helps other people. Right. And so, you know, as I'm saying here, like I would like to do this, but I don't know how, right. So people can watch me fumble through and figure it out, you know, maybe yeah. in the next couple years, I'd be like, okay, now this is how it happened. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's a duality there, but I think, I'm learning to accept that that's okay, right? I don't need to know how they connect or how it all fits in my life or how I, all these things happen, how I do it all. I don't think that's something that I have to know. I just have to know that I want it. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I think that, you know, as well as being intentional, there's got to be that trust and that faith there. And I think that you got to that place because you trust the process now. You've been through that and you, you've seen some of, you know, the fantastic opportunities that you could have only dreamed of previously come into reality. So now you kind of trust that process and you've got that ability to leave it in the hands of whatever it is that's that's kind of helping this along for us. Um, in terms of the, the benefits of the way in which you now look at opportunity, do you think that it's made you better at your job because you've got this kind of trust that it'll all work out for you. I do. It, you know, I know the power of intention setting, you know, and it's also helped me make, this is one of my colleagues, probably one of the most brilliant management consultants. And she's not even in a management consulting firm. You know, I worked with her a long time and, and she does a business plan. It's like five pages. Right. And I always thought it has to be 25, right. Tons of bullets and tons of details. And, between her and 
you know, the understanding that it really does work out and the intention is the most important thing. You know, I can really kind of quickly establish my goals um, and objectives and, um, you know, also set the vision, you know, and I think that is enough of a North Star, right? And then you will always, you know, the more I learn to listen to my inner self and to understand my intuition and to trust it, I always see the right steps and I know what to do when they're there, big or small, right? And that we're all kind of just going to keep navigating eventually towards it. Right, you know, maybe it takes a couple of years and one day all of a sudden it's there or, you know, maybe it's less time or more time, but eventually it will uncover itself and it'll be exactly as it should. Yes, and at the right time. And that's such a, a good point about eventually it'll happen. So often we ex- we have this expectation of a timeline and when it doesn't fall within that timeline, we kind of give up, think, oh, well, it's not worked or it's not happened, it's, it's not meant to be. It'll come about when it is meant to be. Everything happens at the right time. And I think it's really important that you've mentioned that. And, you know, I think that when we look at, you know, the way in which we plot things out moving forward and the way that we want things to happen, we have to sometimes just take that step back and really almost collapse any expectation that we have around that, right? And just kind of think that, we have that trust and, and it will materialise. Yeah, absolutely. I apologise, you might hear my baby. Oh, bless. Oh, well, I shan't keep you much longer because I'm sure that you're dying to get back to But, um, yeah, it's fantastic to hear about your experience with your career and, you know, how this has really helped you to move forward. And I think one of the things that I take from this is that um, I always say to my clients, you know, if you knew that it was impossible to fail what would you go ahead and do? And when we talked about kind of that inner trust with you and and believing that everything's going to work out, that's kind of the same thing, you know? It's like, it it builds confidence because you think, well, I trust that it will work out, even if it's not in the way that I want it to. So that confidence then grows in the way in which you take on pieces of work and the way in which you communicate and take action. So I think that, you know one of the pillars of this podcast is confidence and and funnily enough one of the others is communication skills so I think that taking some of the principles of manifestation regardless of where you are on that kind of belief system would definitely help you towards kind of building some of that confidence and one of the things that you know I know that you and I have talked about Rosanna is that manifestation happens whether we believe in it or not so it could be that we are very sceptical or negative towards something. Guess what? That's what we'll see in our lives. So if we kind of take it from a perspective of, okay, let's just say for for a second, we're on the fence about, you know, whether we want to believe it's there or not. Why not lean towards that kind of belief system and that, and that positive area and that belief that things will work out because whether you think it's going to happen or it's not that's what's going to manifest so there's that energy investment that we have a choice of where to put every single day and just even being conscious of that one simple fact of okay what perspective can I view today in I think is really really beneficial um would you have anything to add to that Rosanna yeah and I think it's not to say that things won't be hard or bad things to happen, right? That's the duality of the world in which we live. And there are other 
universal laws and, you know, maybe you think they're contracts and how people, you know, what they experience. And so I think having the emotional intelligence to understand that in addition to the power that we can give ourselves through the manifestation process, right? And I think that in totality gives you, like the gratitude will give you like peace and resilience, right? Mm -hmm. And hope, right? Because then it's not just, you know, it's not all roses and daisies, it's hard. And then there's sometimes there's really hard things, right? But that doesn't mean that things aren't moving forward and that there won't be really, really good things again whether that's in your career or personal life or all of it's colliding, happening together, right? Sometimes you go through darker seasons. Um, but I think when you shift this perspective to that wider one, I think manifestation allows you, if you do it, I think in that way, I think it allows you to keep that really wide and big picture. Mm. And I think, for me, it's so empowering, right? And it's hopeful um, always. And it's fun. I think right now, my biggest fear is that I'm not dreaming big enough. You know, the scariest <laughs> thing for me is, do I live a whole life? And what if I didn't dream the biggest thing that could happen to me and I didn't even try, right? Is my oh, imagination wow. big enough? You know, what's what I think is the scariest thing and how do I unlock that in my own self and overcome that whatever inner barriers that I have? That's literally mind-blowing to me, what you've just said, you know. <laughs> what if, like, what if, Everything's great now, of course, but what if it could have been better? What if the only thing in between me and this like, colossally huge dream is the fact that I just didn't consider it as possible for me? Um, and I think with that, you know, that's the mic drop moment. That's the that's the point to end the podcast on because I think definitely consider that, listeners, and think about, you know, forget the constraints and restrictions that you have on your day-to-day life and forget the people that you're running in circles with that are projecting their expectations and opinions on you, what would you actually do in a world where anything was possible? And I think that's just such an exciting thing to consider. So, Rosanna, I am so, so grateful that you've taken the time to come on the show this morning. Thank you so, so much. Um, What I'm going to do for the listeners as well is put a couple of our favourite books on kind of introductions to manifestation um, and podcast recommendations on there as well. So I'll ask you to pop across some recommendations for that. Um, And just once again, thank you so, so much for your time. Is there anything that you'd like to say as an end note? No, thank you so much. And, you know, I'm looking forward to chatting with you further. You talk about confidence. You know, I'm in this new role. I want to meet the moment. You know, we're always learning and always growing. So I think there's always just so much to look forward to. And so thank you for keeping or having me on today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Achieve With Me podcast. Now, if you like what you heard, please do leave me a rating and a review. It really helps other people to find the podcast. And if you're not already following me on social media, it's at Rachel Harriet Coaching on Instagram. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Have a great day.